Pele is the goddess of fire, and her name essentially means she who shapes the sacred land. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Chloe Skye. <laughs> yeah! yeah! And today we are going to be talking about a badass broad that I have pulled up from ancient Ancient? Time. That's right. Like, like Egypt, like... Sort okay, sort of. So what's interesting is when I was doing some of this research, I really love all the similarities between the people who in pre-colonized times worshipped things like the sun god, like Ra, and associated their deities with nature. So sort of in that way, it is connected. Yes, oh in that God. way. I'm so excited. We're going far back. We're going far, Let's far, do far it. back. So the broad that we are going to talk about today... Her name is Pele. Have yes. you heard? Yes. Yes. Ooh. See, she's famous. She's pretty oh famous. Um, <laughs> she's so excited. Look at her face. <laughs> so so the, this is like the soccer player, right? This is okay. Look, when I was doing research, because I, because okay, admittedly, this is these are stories that I grew up hearing in Hawaii. So what was really interesting about growing up in Hawaii in the 90s is we were given sort of double spoon doses like equal parts of you know typical american christian stories mm. and we were also taught to believe and believed in equally if not more in the stories from the ancient hawaiian kingdoms and like the hawaiian kingdom and before and beyond but i decided i'm like i do want to get some facts and i want to double check some things and dust some things off so let me go online and let me you know go look some stuff up and so when i typed in pele and this dude popped up i was like what the fuck (laughs) i'm upset yeah i was like this is not what i wanted and and then you know like credit where to do it's like a soccer player he's brazilian it's kind of a big deal a legend in his own right but i need to talk to somebody who knows the internet i don't know sarah (laughs) about uh getting getting this search engine properly because even though i think he's a cool dude i definitely think that when i type in pele this broad should come up first (laughs) maybe by the end of the podcast y'all will agree it's all it's all about the not it's all about the keywords you search for when you type them in and like it's hard to compete with hot soccer (laughs) players that's like a hot you know hot quality (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i guess quite, so quite googled i guess so i guess he's kind of a big deal or whatever but i like to think that tutu pele or madame pele as she is called out of a sign of respect is kind of a badass so pele is the goddess of fire and her name essentially means she who shapes the sacred land. Mm. Now, in the pre-colonized belief of the system of the people of Hawaii, so they really, really fucked with nature. Go figure. People in Hawaii 
fuck with nature. So they would have a series of practices and beliefs and day-to-day activities, even certain activities that went on for months and months and months. Like they had a season called Makahiki where no matter what was happening, they ceased war and they just celebrated and they would do traditional chants and dances and they would have these feasts and they would honor a bunch of different types they of They stopped gods. war? Impossible. So, they literally stopped <laughs> war and then they would worship like the gods of war <laughs> and the gods of peace and they would eat and they would fuck and like, they would. What would we even do without war? Well, you would eat and you would fuck <laughs> and you would dance and you would sing. But the thing is, is like after these and they would use this time to sort of like make like alliances, you know, a little bit. But it was mostly about like celebrating life. And then they would go back to their individual islands and at a certain time resume war <laughs> but it was nice knowing was it like a, a, was a it like bacchanalia yeah. was it like everyone just like getting wasted and fucking all the time and shit i mean i personally wasn't there <laughs> uh so i wouldn't be able to give that account but let me tell you if i would go back to a time in like native hawaiian like pre-americanized times it would definitely be for makahiki season because it seems like it was pretty lit like that yeah, okay noted for sure i gotta go to hawaii <laughs> <that time. laughs> so pele she is she is this goddess of fire and she is this deity but if she does want to show up like a lot of times when she is painted and when she is like represented in modern day culture she is represented as a young woman But she has been known to appear, so people have claimed to be able to see her actually showing up as a young woman, yes, but also as an old woman or as a dog. So she's a shapeshifter. She can decide how she wants to present herself to you. And it people claim to really like still see her to this day and people like actually believe that. Well we'll get into a little bit more. Wait, Chloe, this is our first goddess broad. I think so, yeah. Look, I told you I'd bring in the heat. Oh, <laughs> literally bring in the heat. Literally. You never had a goddess, bro. Goddess because there's no actual, is there a historical, is she a historical figure or she's just a goddess? She's a goddess. Oh. Like, there's no evidence that she actually lived or survived, but there would be people who would jump off a cliff because they're like, nah, this is real. Like, people believe in her like people believe in Jesus. Yeah, well, G- real know. talk. I mean, Jesus wasn't real, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, what I mean exactly, exactly. We can get into that. <laughs> so the legend goes that she is the daughter of Papa and Wakea. So Papa is known as the female spirit. So essentially, Mother Earth, and Wakea is known as the male spirit, Father Sky. And together, Mother Earth and Papa Sky. They, well, Mother Earth and Father Sky. I can't say Papa Sky because that's confusing because Papa is actually the woman. Anyway, (laughs) um, they have a bunch of kids and their kids are all representative of nature. So Pele is one of their daughters, but they also have a bunch of daughters that are named Hiaka. And she has brothers and they are all the goddesses of rain, fire, cloud forms, ocean waves, wind. So they represent all the different types of nature. And whenever anything sort of happens, like if there's high winds or if there's high waves, the native people would associate that not just with like a natural phenomenon, but with something specific that 
associates with a particular god. So say you're having like really big surf and really high waves, that would be connected to one of her brothers. And if they wanted that to like go away or because they needed to go fishing, they would do certain prayers and certain chants and do certain types of offerings to kind of get the waves to calm down. Mm. And they connected that with being like, okay, if the surf calmed down, then we did a good job. We pleased the God. And if it didn't, then, you know, we have to try something else. So it is (laughs) historically noted that the most difficult God to please uh, was Pele. She was definitely her. She's known as this badass that you do not want to fuck with all right i don't want to fuck with her stop accusing me i'm not trying to fuck with her jealous jeez you don't you better i mean look (laughs) look we're just we're saying well now you've used two different definitions of fuck with in the (laughs) last couple of minutes i mean i'm i'm you know i'm eclectic (laughs) (laughs) so there is many different stories as to like her origin like story like yeah she comes from Mother Earth and Father Sky, but in terms of like here in this like physical plane of the Earth, there are many different stories as to essentially how she got to the Big Island, which is where she is known to live today, which is like her permanent place of residence there. And it is said that she came from Tahiti, which is within Polynesia. And the reasons for her leaving Tahiti are plentiful. Um, One of the most popular is her sister said to her mom and dad that she's just got to go. She's too hot-headed. She's too wild. We need to send her far away because she's just going to essentially light this place on fire. And so uh, they decide, like, okay, you're right. We're going to go and send her on a journey. So she gets into this canoe. But before she leaves, her mother gives her this egg And in Hawaiian culture, there's a lot of different ways that babies are born. Like, there's stories about, like, them being underground and being born in, like, taro or kalo and, like, growing from, like, the bottom of fruit. So imagine, like, like a carrot and, like, you see the top of the carrot, but instead of, like, being a carrot at the bottom, it's, like, a baby. This is, like, Harry Potter, the second one. When they have the little screaming plant babies. I mean, kind of, yeah. It seems more calm and peaceful in these stories, but okay. I mean, maybe it is life after all. So maybe it is like that. I mean, if you if you unplant them, then they'll. Start I mean, screaming. I like right. it way more than the right. fucking pelican story. Pelican, like the pelican shit, always bothers. I'm like, those birds can't carry babies. Like, it makes more sense to me no. that they would grow out of the ground. I agree. I like a plant baby. I like a plant baby. But this is not the plant baby. This is an egg baby. Great. So for her journey, her mom gives her this egg. And inside of this egg is her little sister. And this is also something that's pretty common in, I don't know about all of Polynesia, but I know like specifically like even in my family, like my grandfather was gifted to his mother because she couldn't have babies. So her sister had a baby and then Hanaid it to her sister like it was really common like if you were going to be separated or if you needed like if you needed help on your like land or whatever it was very common to have people of your family just like be a part of your family even though they weren't yours there's no like nuclear family shit so pele going on this no journey, nuclear family shit giving her an egg no nuclear family how shit. how they uncolonial of them <laughs> I mean, look, we're definitely going to get into the story where the colonizers come in and take over. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But in this time, none of that. No white people. Just, you know, the Hawaiian system, which is not actually... I mean, as I was doing more and more research, I realized, like, 
it's yeah, the white people came and fucked shit up, but there was some kind of fucked up shit happening. I think fucked came up shit's happened since the beginning um, of time, but white people are just especially good at it. It's just yeah, <laughs> they yeah. have perfected. They have perfected it. Yes. So, oh, I can't wait to talk about the white people shit when we get to this because there <laughs> okay. is some white people shit in this story. Ooh, I'm mad about it already. Okay, but no spoilers, but just no, they fuck it up. All right. So she takes this egg that has her sister in it, and this is known as her favorite sister, and this is important because Pele, as I said, is known for, like, jealousy and for being, like, a badass. People are afraid of her. Like, her sister didn't, like, fight her. Her sister went to her parents and said, hey, can you get her to leave? Like... <laughs> People are afraid of her. And so this egg eventually becomes her most favored sister. So this is the sister that she loves the most, that she her protects. Her egg sister. Because eventually... Her egg sister. Her egg sister, yes. Who is known as Hiyaka Ikapolio. Does she Pelle, live in the egg permanently? Which li- she does not. She eventually comes out of the egg. She hatches. And she is to be... It's said that she is, like, from the bosom of Pele. So even though that's her, not her mom and it's her sister, she's the one that gets her like as an egg and like takes care of her and then she like hatches and then she gets to her destination, apparently lighting fires all over Polynesia before she settles in and settles down on the big island of Hawaii. So that's how Was she the, got were there. Were these fires associated with- Tribes? creating new land yes so that's like part of the folklore and part of the stories is she because there's it's multiple versions because like some people say that maui who's kind of sort of represented you know ish in moana uh like fished up the islands with a hook and it's like kind of contradictory to pele actually being the creator of the hawaiian islands and when you really really think about it like Pele is the volcano, right? She is representative of the volcano. And the volcano is still active and does actually create... It is, like, actual, factual, scientifically speaking, the volcano is the one that makes the land. So it makes a lot of sense. And there are a lot of connections between, like, the way they tell these stories and probably what actually happened in real life. Yeah, for sure. So, like, like, what... So we're kind of getting into that right now, which is where does Pele live? Well, she lives on the big island and she specifically lives on Kilauea, which is one of the Earth's most active volcanoes. And one of the stories that they have, one of the more common stories is if you go to the big island, you can experience both surfing and snowboarding on the same day. So you could go to a particular mountain and you could be in the snow and then you drive a few hours down the road and then you could go and surf. It's one of like the, one of the like the coolest things, most amazing things that you can do. And it's like, okay, well how do you have a place that has one volcano that has snow-capped mountains and one volcano that is constantly erupting red hot fire? <laughs> they have a story for that. Do they? Recite it Listen, I just want to say I think volcanoes and always have thought they're like the sexiest thing. Like, ever since I was a kid, I mean, look, I was, like, obsessed with volcanoes. Yeah. I was, like, obs- I was obsessed. Pompeii, I, I did, I read so many books about Pompeii back in the day, Vesuvius. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I am, like, a little too excited to hear more about volcanoes right now. Ooh, geeking out, geeking out. Well, I have, I have a, a pretty explosive story for you, Sarah. I'm ready. I do. Tell yeah, me. There. Like I heard it. I heard you. Okay, so there is this goddess of snow, right? Who is also represented by this super badass chick. 
and her name is Poliahu. And Poliahu is tired of Pele's shit because Pele walks around like she's the shit. She's like, I will let you on fire. Like I, she will should. She can light them on fire. You. Right. She she can light them on fire. And it's like, okay, so a lot it's of people are scared tools. of her. My right. Tool in my tool shed is right. What I do. But they decide like, okay, she's like, we need to do something about this. So she grabs all of these other gods and goddesses who are basically like Pele's worst nightmare. So she, the goddess of snow, teams up with one of Pele's sisters, Lilinoi, who is the goddess of rain. She also gets a lake god, and they all get together, all these watery, airy things get together, and they throw down on the big island. They get into this huge fight. Against Pele? And as the myth against Pele, yeah, because they're like, girl, you can't just be walking around here like you're all of this and you're all Bastards. of that, and we're going to we're gonna fight you, we're going to take you down, we're going to put you in your place. So they start fighting, and the way that the legend goes is there were earthquakes and snow and lava and rain just going on constantly, and they, so it was just like totally catastrophic on the island, some climate change ass shit. I was just going to say, this is the story of climate change. happening. <laughs> Exactly. There was some there was some real like environmental changes happening in the people. So if you were like actually living there and you really like believed in this stuff and you see like that it's snowing, but you also see that the lava's flowing, you are thinking and you are saying and you are telling your children who then pass on to their children and their children and their children that Poli and Pele are fighting. Mm. And we have to, so, and then, so during this time, you know, the people are doing offerings to Pele and they're doing offerings to Poli and they're trying to get shit to calm down so they can eventually have their life. And it is said that, you know, the people did their chants and they did their prayers and they did all of their, their worshiping and eventually things calmed down and Pele retreated to her mountain on Kilauea and Poli stayed at her mountain on Mauna Kea. So... If you go to Mauna Kea, you can go and experience the snow, and it's a pretty dormant volcano. And if you go to Kilauea on the other side of the island, so Kilauea's on the south end, I believe. Yeah. And Mauna Loa's on the north end. So they basically decided, like, all right, sis, you can take this land. I'm going to take this land. I'm going to do my thing over here. It's going to snow. You can do your thing over there and make fire, and we'll just be cool. And that is eventually kind of like things settled down and that's what happened. And so the south side of the Big Island, if you actually look at the tip of the south side of the Big Island, it extends further south than like the southernest tip of Texas. Hmm. So technically in the United States of America, the southernest tip of the United States of America isn't Texas. It's actually the big island of Hawaii because Pele or the volcano is constantly Expanding, flowing yeah. and constantly doing new land, new land, new land. Yeah, because she's a sexy so, volcano. That's what volcanoes do. Yeah, she is. And that is what she does. Try to stop her. Try to freaking stop her. Oh my God, listen, I'm getting really anxious about what, what, what the white people did. 
Okay, <laughs> I need to all hear right. about it. So we're I'm like sitting to... here thinking about it. I'm like, what did they do? What did they do? What did they do? All right. So people believe this. Like I said, like growing up, I was taught it was quite confusing. <laughs> I was taught to believe both in the Americanized standard version of it and also to believe and respect the Hawaiian cultures and practices. And it was really confusing. And basically that is a result of them and by them, I mean indigenous Hawaiian people, Kanakamolis, that they are trying to make sure that their story is still relevant and continues to get told. Because back in 1819, the old religion of Hawaii was abolished. Naturally. So this is like before the overthrow. This is way before the overthrow. It was a very slow and... Uh, Which you can learn all about on the Lili Uokalani episode. That's right. Of Brad Chloe did an episode yeah. about Lili there Uokalani. You go. So the overthrow happened in 1893, but they abolished their religion in 1819. So this was a really slow Damn. process. So in 1819, they could not... They're like, no hula, which is like fucking huge because... Pele is associated deeply with hula because it said that she was there during the first ever expression of hula with Hi'iaka. And so that was like a really big slap in the face. Like you saying like, hey, you guys can't do hula anymore is like cutting off their That's like their creation story, right? Like the equivalent of like the Garden of exactly. Eden, like on the first day, blah, blah, blah. That's like what we're talking about, right? People being told that yeah, the way the world was formed tell- isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So they're like, no, what you are doing is wrong. You shouldn't be speaking Hawaiian. You need to speak English, so don't speak Hawaiian anymore. Was it the don't Dole family? believe in these traditional practices. Look, they, it was the Dole family, wasn't it? Dole. Stanford-ass <sighs> Dole. I have, I have a little sideline tangent. I have a little sideline tangent. It's like a little blurb, but yes, they fucking, they fuck shit up. But before Dole, before Dole, it was in 1823, English missionaries, they came and they toured Hawaii because they were looking for locations for settlement. And I can go all into how they came and brought diseases and leprosy ran rampant and but that's a different story for a different day i'm trying to claim my residency i gotta hold on to some of my goodies um but this particular year so 1823 they came and they went to the big island and offering no traditional prayers no offerings ate berries from the summit where pele was where pele lived and this caused basically some disturbance and some lava beds opened up and people were upset because when you go and visit, you don't take things. You bring things. Mm. You bring offerings. You pray to her. You worship to her. People will do dances from sunrise to sunset for they her. They were on like, holy ground and they violated holy ground. Exactly. Fuck those bitches. Yeah, exactly. So people were getting really upset. There was civil unrest. So the next year, in 1824, they bring the high chiefess Kapiolani with them. So they're like, okay, we fucked up. The people are upset at us. We need to bring one of their people with us to go ahead and try to, like, kind of calm the shit down. Because by this time, like, it had been... They abolished their religion in 1819, but they were already working. And I'm just gonna say, like, I secretly hope that they throw this person into the volcano, but that's probably not what happened. But that's what I want this story to do right now. (laughs) 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 On the contrary, on the contrary, when they get up to the summit of the crater with the high chiefess, which, by the way, it's like if Kilauea is like Pele's house, this summit, and it's called Hale Mau Mau. 
would be like her bedroom. Oh, like shit. it's like it's like there, right? It's like super sensitive, super yeah. personal. And so they bring Chiefess Kapiolani to the crater and instead of reciting the traditional Hawaiian prayer, they have her recite and say a Christian prayer. What? And the fuck? Yeah. And so they're waiting, they're waiting, they're trying to see what's going to happen, because the year before, it kind of shook shit up and, like, opened up the ground and shit. And this year, she didn't die. Nothing happened, nothing horrible happened. There was no, like, huge explosive, you know, explosion or outright display of disgust by Pele. So the Christian missionaries took this as a sign of the superiority of their religion. They'll take anything for a sign of that. They'll take anything for a sign of that. Yeah, they will. (laughs) <laughs> like here, when it when it opened up last year, that definitely wasn't it. But but this 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 is a definitely a sign that it was. So missionaries went on t- told this story. You know, Kapiolani. There was a lot of like heartbreak about her doing this, and there's actually like protests happening on Mauna Kea, the other side of the island, to protect it because of some developments that want to happen. And something sort of similar happened where they brought up police and you know people were protesting on the mountain they're like you can't develop here this is sacred ground you know like you need to go away this is we have rules laws agreements saying you will not develop here and you're doing it anyway and they i mean literally this small group of people activists and protesters are like trying to stop massive colonization like everything that colonization is they're up there every single day going to jail getting harassed getting physically abused and but they are there protecting it because, you know, they've seen this happen before. They've seen history repeat itself. Back in 1824, they had a chiefess of Hawaiian blood do a Christian prayer. And it was considered to be so disrespectful. It is disrespectful. And with the protests that are happening now. Right. Uh, it definitely is. It absolutely is. So now they have these police officers who are going up to these protesters on, you know, the opposite mountain. And they're saying, like, hey, if you're here and you're protesting, we're sorry, but we have to let the construction workers in. You will be arrested if you resist this. And then they had an officer say it in Hawaiian to the people that were there protesting. And it was so powerful because during the them saying it to them in English, they were honestly just standing there waiting, like, whose turn is it to get arrested today? Like, who are they going to take? Like, they were being quiet. They were listening. But as soon as the officer started saying it to them in Hawaiian, there was this outburst. And you could just hear the people being like, this is like, I mean, they didn't say this is unacceptable. They said, away, which is just like guttural, like disgust. Like, how dare you use our words to say what you're saying to us, knowing what has happened. So when I was doing the, you know, when I was doing the research and kind of looking at more specifics and I saw this, I was just like, wow, this is so telling of what's happening today, being able to trace it back 200 years, 200 years ago. That's when this happened. So today, so, and then, you know, people kind of know, and if not, get fucking educated, listen to the Broads You Should Know episode, Ecosias and shit, that's an alternative for Google, (laughs) yes, um, this, these sort of acts and these sort of practices made them weak in their culture, and started breaking them down, and certain things, they started relying more on Christianity than relying on their native gods, they started, you know, speaking English instead of speaking Hawaiian, and they lost so many of these connections but even in 1893 when sugar fucking barons and businessmen came in to overthrow the hawaiian the kingdom with united states troops the fucking yes, doles. The doles 
because he wanted to be the president of Hawaii and the queen was like, nah, I'm the queen of Hawaii. Hello. And um, so even through all of this, they have still maintained this connection to Pele. And so when you really think of how involved she is in the culture today and how her stories have survived through don't tell her stories through hula, which is one of the main ways it was exercised. Mm. And you're no longer allowed to do these olis or these chants. You have to say these Christian prayers. You're no, you're you still no longer allowed to speak in Hawaiian? That's a, is that a law? So you can... No, but but if you go to if so, like, say, if you go to court in Hawaii, um, one of the ways that people and activists exercise their rights is it is technically recognized as an official language of Hawaii. So if you go to court, you can speak in only Hawaiian and you can be represented by somebody who's only Hawaiian and the judge don't know how to speak Hawaiian. You know, like the court, like it's it's very Americanized, but you can still go in there and you can exercise that. And But that's something that they had to fight yeah. for because they definitely tried to destroy it and to eliminate it. Absolutely. But it survived, and her story survived. And um, it is said that if you are local or if you are of Native Hawaiian descent, that you actually get some warnings before there's an eruption or before there's any activity. So sometimes people will claim that they see a stray black dog running Mm. around the lava beds, and they're like, that's kind of weird. Maybe we shouldn't go fishing here today. And later on, you know, there is uh, an eruption, or um, if you see a woman, you know, standing on a road alone at night dressed in white, like, people are like, don't pick her up. That is Pele. <laughs> like, don't pick her up. People, she's going to set your car on fire. She's going to set your car <laughs> Well, you just know, like, she's here doing something that she has to be personified for, and I am of no equivalence to even question or ask what this goddess is doing and honestly a lot of times people just like get down on the ground and they like humble themselves and they bow and they kind of wait for her to pass wow. and it's because she is that powerful yeah. to them and she means that much I've to a, them. can i ask a what so, like the whitest white person question i could possibly ask right now oh pl- absolutely please i'm sure those at home probably <laughs> do you do you see some of like pele's influence in moana so I get yes. So that question is asked a lot to me, like when it when it came out, Moana, and also like it's so it's hard because that's not. I would say no. The more the what I see in Moana, because they first of all, Moana's fake. Those those that they basically took a conglomeration of everyone in Polynesia and like made up their right. own thing. To which I don't know if that's like good or bad. Because if they were like, yeah, we're definitely representing Hawaiian people or Tahitians or Samoans, they would have fucked it up and got in trouble, like even more trouble, right. you know. So by them making up something, but then using Maui, who is to us a part of our culture like the person who shows up the most and has the most connection is maui and he's the hawaiian superman and he i mean he he has an origin story of how he fished up the island so that is the biggest connector there when they're you know the part that i think you're talking about and um it yeah because she's like the like fire goddess trying- kind of that's why i was thinking of it Yes, definitely. Like, definitely. They pulled influences. And if you had to say, like, okay, who is that? There is no other goddess that you could say that was besides Pele. And sort of the the more, like, nature like, beautiful, like, hello, I'm here, like, green and lush 
sort of feminine deity would be represented by like Hiiaka or Lilinoi, like one of her mm-hmm. other sisters that were more like green and blue. Okay. I appreciate you humoring me. I know that so. was a white person question, so thank you. You know, no, it's totally fine. According to according to the searches online, people have similar questions. And I think that's real. And I like that people, because that's sort of the thing. That's like the reason why I wanted to to bring up this, bring her up in this episode, in my introductory episode on Brad's You Should Know, because she is so important and so ingrained into Hawaiian culture in such a huge way that the fact that they would build this entire story around this imaginary princess and then insert this little tiny little like this is the villainess moment but not really like give that backstory and credit where it's due really disappointed mm. like a lot of yeah. people it was 10 times better than Lilo and Stitch <laughs> but there are still 100 million steps to go because in in pop culture today, the way that Pele is represented is, oh my gosh, I looked this up. I found this very interesting. You can see her in The Good, The Bad, and The Luau. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Hawaii 5.0's episode of The Big Kahuna. <laughs> Tori Amos had an album called Boys for Pele, which interestingly I think is probably the most respectful <laughs> of all of these media interpretations of her because she's not actually very much in it, but she does say that like boys will go to her and sacrifice themselves for her and like jump into her fiery pits, which I'm like, yeah, accurate. <laughs> um, but really what I would love is I would love for people to go and get really actually educated about her and go to the Bishop Museum and not physically because we're in COVID right now, but they have online resources and really research like who the native people thought she was. Like it breaks my heart if the only interpretation you have of her is like some pictures you saw online and Hawaii Five O because that is not, that is definitely not an Hawaii accurate Five-0 representation of her. Real in life? Fact, I'm that was I was sorry Jupiter that's sarcasm that's my sarcasm voice <laughs> but yeah oh my gosh we could we could have a whole we could have a whole podcast episode oh my god that's a, for that. a different, different day podcast. no oh this was so yes oh, but Pele the, the sexy volcano yeah, goddess she's awesome. I love yep. her she's pretty dope she's pretty dope and I you know even though even though it's like there. I, what was that episode you did on like the lady that maybe lived but didn't live? I don't remember her name or wh- their names. It was the indestructible women, right? Episode. Indestructible women. That's kind of what inspired me because I'm like Pele is an indestructible woman. You know, she is definitely. It's just so cool to me that when you really break it down, there is this female deity that represents and connects to an actual physical phenomenon that you can see every single day that is related to the elements. Like she is the fire, but her lava flows into the water and then creates new land that is going to expand, you know, maybe forever. And I thought that was so important. I'm like, that's so cool that that's represented by a woman and not like a timid woman or a nice woman, a but fire a woman. jealous, fiery, yes. fiery woman. <laughs> yes. So I did want to close. I wanted to kind of close it by saying that these are the stories that I was taught when I was a kid. And as sort of games of telephone can go, so certain things can get lost in interpretation. I have my own personal stories, you know, like seeing mountains on fire. 
I remember being woken up in the middle of night. My mom's like, hey, you need to come see this. And our entire mountain range was on fire. But it wasn't like, I'm so sad. Oh, no, there's a fire. This is horrible. All of these animals are dying. What are we going to do? Get the firemen out there. It was like, sit in respect of this monumentous thing that this woman is responsible for. Like, she has decided there needs to be new growth. And she did this. So I just loved that. And I wish that other little girls growing up had a connection to a woman of that great of power and influence. So I highly encourage people to take the time to talk to native Hawaiians and activists and to learn the real culture and the real stories that happened before Waikiki. And that's what I have. That's Pele. That's Pele. I love her. Love it. But I love her, too. I love her, too. Uh, we appreciate you listening every time. We appreciate your reviews. Share it. Visit our website. We've got a broads database at broadsyoushouldknow.com. You can even submit a broad if you think that there's one we haven't covered that we should. And we will see you next week for another Broad You Should Know. <laughs>